Well, I guess that means it's my turn. Will you pray with me? Father God, please be with us this morning and please let uh, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> now, I'm hoping this all goes okay today. I've, I've tried to take a few cues from Adam and, and learn from him, um, so I'm kind of doing things a little bit different than I have in the past. The first thing is I've got my iPad up here today like Pastor Adam does, so I don't have that paper in front of me. So if technology fails me, um, I might have to wing it a little bit. But a little over a month ago, Pastor Adam had asked me to fill in for him while, while he and his family took a much-needed vacation. And of course, I was, I was more than willing to uh, help him out. And at the time, I thought a month seemed like a very long time to prepare, and I had more than enough time. However, that came crashing to reality when he texted me the Friday before last and said, Hey, uh, what scripture are you using? What, what's the title of, of your sermon? And then, you know, I, I'm good with words, so I probably said something like, It's in the works, Pastor Adam, or something smooth like that. But uh, in, in reality, uh, you know, if you had asked me last Sunday even what I was going to preach about, I probably would have told you that I was going to uh, do a different sermon. Um, but then uh, last Sunday afternoon, Amanda and I went to see a movie, and it really spoke to me. Uh, it, it was very powerful. We saw I Can Only Imagine, um, the story of uh, the, the popular song and the story behind it and how it was written. And, you know, movies like that really do humble a person, no matter what your situation um, you get the opportunity to see life through someone else's eyes and the hardships that that person has endured and the triumph that came from it. If you haven't seen this movie, go see it. It's, it's a very powerful uh, movie. They've got it in Paris. It's $4 to go see, um, you know, $10 after you buy popcorn because who can sit in a movie without eating popcorn? But if you get the opportunity, please, please go see this movie. Now, while my sermon is nowhere near based on what this movie was, the movie, you know, as I said, movies humble a person and they open your eyes, and it, it really spoke to me and told me what I should preach about this week. And because of this, you know, I titled my sermon this, Above All, Trust God. And you can see it in your bulletin there, I'll say it several times, Above All, Trust God. Now, normally whenever I I give a sermon, I write the sermon, I use the scripture, and then I come up with the appropriate title for that, for that sermon. However, this morning, I came up with the title first, and then I wrote the sermon. And that's just something that's different for me. Um, you know, normally I do it opposite, but I felt led to do that this morning. Now, something that Pastor Adam brought up last Sunday, it really got me thinking. And Pastor Adam mentioned something called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. Now, first of all, I'd never heard of that before. It was completely new to me. Um, I heard it for the first time as you guys did. But the math nerd in me was very proud that our pastor could come up with a mathematical term and uh, put it in his sermon, even if it wasn't an original idea. But secondly, and it hit kind of close to home, that I don't always follow that Wesleyan Quadrilateral. And for those of you who weren't here, if you've forgotten, um, it was just a four-sided figure um, with a longer side on Scripture, saying that, you know, your faith should be based on Scripture. Oh, we've got it right here. And then you've got your tradition, your reason, and your experience. 
Okay, and I saw, I looked it up online um, a little bit uh, this week because um, I couldn't, the tradition and the reason. I, I didn't write it down because um, he said to save the paper, so I didn't write it down. Uh, but I had tradition, I couldn't remember the placement of tradition and reason. And when I looked it up online, they kind of had it and it looked like the food pyramid. So scripture was on the bottom, then tradition, reason, and experience. Um, and experience was kind of the, uh, the sugars of the food pyramid. And I've realized that oftentimes in life, I've kind of got an inverted pyramid, and I, uh, I use um, my experience more often than I should. And going back to the food pyramid, that would be kind of like uh, basing your diet on sugars. Um, and we know that's not um, a life-sustaining uh, a diet to have. But what I found out through prayer and through thinking is that, yes, my experiences shape my faith, but at the same time, what's happening is those experiences lead me to the Scripture, and then the Scripture leads me to uh, the r- tradition. Tradition leads me to reason, and it's kind of cyclical. It kind of, even though it's a quadrilateral, it does kind of go in a circle, and one leads to the other. And, you know, uh, those, those things, the Scripture, the tradition, the reason, um, and your experiences, together that's what forms our faith. Now, keeping with Pastor Adam's tradition, um, it's something that I, uh, I hadn't ever really been a part of before, but it's something that I like that he does. He invites us to get out our Bibles, uh, we'll follow along, um, and we'll read through the Scripture again together and kind of dissect it and break it down. So uh, go ahead, uh, get your Bibles out, um, and you can follow along with me. <clears throat> again, this is Psalm 25. The first three verses went like this. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Now, uh, Psalm 25 is a psalm or a prayer of David, and he's asking God to reveal a path to him. He's asking God for strength. And that's kind of a familiar situation for most of us in this room at some point in our lives. We've needed strength to get through some situation in life. And this first passage here reminds me of a song. Uh, it's a popular song, and the chorus goes like this. It says, All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. And this song reminds us what it's like to wake up every day with the grace of God upon us, to wake up as a Christian, no matter what happened yesterday, good, bad, indifferent. Yesterday is over. It's gone. Today is a new day, and we can make the most of today because we are Christians, because our sins are washed away. And how do we do that? How do we make the most of each day? Well, that's the title of our sermon. Above all, we need to trust in Jesus. Above all, trust God. Continuing on in Psalm, verses 4 through 7. It says, Show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Now here, David is asking God to show him and guide him 
and the righteous ways. And I believe this is something that, you know, we could all use a daily dose of. We all need guidance. I know I could. Now, I know I'm still in my 20s and I'm far from an older or wiser person. But the older I get, the more that I realize the power of prayer. And I realize how my prayers evolve the older I get. Now, I remember as a child, you know, when you're just learning to pray, you don't always have uh, too much that you feel... Uh, called to pray about, so you had the Lord's Prayer. You know, and I remember many nights as a kid, you know, you'd just say the Lord's Prayer before you went to bed, um, and it made you feel good, um, helped, helped you get to sleep. And, you know, as I got older, you know, I, I like to consider it what I would call my selfish prayer days. You know, uh, when you, you want something, you know, whether it be a present or something like that, and you pray that, that God will let your parents buy you this present, you know, and to this day I couldn't tell you what I prayed for, but I remember those selfish prayers. And then you get a little bit older, and you, you feel like you're praying for something that you need, okay? It's no longer a want. It's no longer something unnecessary. It's something you feel like you need. And then when you look back on it, it's like, well, that, that may have been more than a, of a want than a need. But I've since grown up, grown up and matured in my prayers, or at least I hope so. Uh, and and I, I try to uh, pray, for, pray for everybody in my church family, pray for those who are sick, you know, pray for our country and for our world. And I often find myself, like David does here in Psalm 25, asking God for guidance. And I think verse 7 says it best. Do you remember... Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Now, what I really like about this here is, is the term youth. Okay? And a lot of times we think of youth, you know, youth group, high school, middle school, you're a youth at that point. But the good thing here is that youth can be interpreted to mean a time when you were younger. And what this does is that takes us back to each day is a new day because today we are older than we were yesterday. Yesterday was our youth. So when we're saying, when David says, God, forgive me the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways, that's God. Please forget what happened yesterday. I was silly yesterday. I made mistakes. Please let today be a new day. Now, let's uh, continue on our journey here through Psalm 25 with verses 8 through 15. It says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Now the previous section that we just talked about, David was asking God for guidance. And now he's asking for instruction. So first of all, he's saying, okay, God, what do I do here? What do I need to do in my life? And then he's saying, okay, now that you told me that, how do I do that? You know, what do I need to do to fulfill your will for me? What do I need to do to make my, 
covenant known. Now I've got a little story here that I'd like to share with you. For the past six months to a year, Amanda and I have been working with Adeline on saying prayers. And, you know, first we, we uh, gave her the guidance. We, we showed her what to do. We told her how to do it. And then we helped her do it on her own. And it's an ongoing process. But seeing the faith of my daughter grow, it's something that it's quite amazing to see. And for those of you who are parents, uh, I know you know what I'm talking about. And each night uh, we ask her who she wants to pray for. Um, and, you know, it's normally the same set of kids, you know, that her friends from daycare, friends from church. Um, and, and so we pray for those kids, and then we also kind of generalize it, and um, we pray for those who are sick, and we pray for those who are hurting. Um, and, you know, if there's somebody we know in particular, we'll mention their name. But a lot of times we just say, Lord, be with those who are sick and be with those who are hurting. And occasionally, Adeline wants to say a prayer on her own, and sometimes, you know, she, she does great. And, you know, it, you look over at Amanda and, you know, one of you has a tear in your eye um, just because you, you see that, that faith growing. But other times, we realize she's still learning and we get a chuckle. And one of those times happened not too long ago. If you haven't noticed, Adeline has grown quite attached to Levi, Pastor Adam's son. Yes, I hear the chuckle. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, she said, Daddy, I, I want to say a prayer for Levi. I'm, okay, great. This was her prayer. Dear God, please make Levi sick and then make him better. Amen. <laughs> yep, that was the prayer she said. Okay, and now when it comes down to it, I, I just think that she wasn't quite... Uh, understanding what mommy and daddy were saying when we prayed for those who are sick and we prayed for those who are hurting. Um, I don't think she was asking Levi to go through a faith crisis where Jesus makes him sick and then makes him well again so that he understands his faith better. She's only two and a half. Okay? I don't think it was that deep. I think it was just not understanding uh, what mom and dad were trying to tell her. Um, but, you know, I told Pastor Adam that. I, I said, I hope Levi wasn't sick this week. Um, but, you know, Amanda and I and Adam and Jessica, we all had a good laugh about that one. Um, but we, we made sure to tell Adam, we don't, we don't want God to make people sick. We want God to make people better. Uh, but I want to go back to verse 14 one more time. It says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Okay, now, whenever I read this, I see the word fear. And the Bible uses the word fear a lot uh, in reference to fear God. And I don't really think that this is a be afraid type of fear. Because we're not supposed to be afraid of God and the things that he can do for us. But it's more of a respect the authority. Okay, don't be uh, afraid of God, but respect the authority that he has and trust the process. Trust that he knows what's best for us. So in essence, trust God. Above all, trust God. So for, verse 14 is basically telling us that if we trust God, he will make his covenant or his promise or plan known to us. Unfortunately, it doesn't say when God will make his covenant known to us. Wouldn't it be great if it were an immediate thing? You know, God, I put my trust in you. Boom. Here's your life's plan. Okay, wouldn't that be great if that's how it was? But it's not how it works. 
It's an ongoing process. We trust God, and over the course of our lifetime, He will make His plans known to us. It may not always make sense to us, but we have to trust that it makes sense to God. Verses 16 through 19. Says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress, and take away my sins. See how my enemies have increased, and how fiercely they hate me. Now, here, verse 17 really speaks to me, and I'm going to read it one more time. Relieve the troubles of my heart, and free me from my anguish. Again, relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed something similar. And I am sure that many of you have as well. Simply saying, God, take my worries, take my troubles, take my anxiety, take everything that lays on my heart. I give it up to you, God. God has that power. He can take that all away. But it requires trust. And just like when he makes his covenant known to us, it's not always going to be immediate. It, it would be nice if we prayed for God to take the troubles of our hearts and immediately we felt that relief. And sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes you say, God, here's what's on my heart, you know, and just giving it up to him will make your heart feel better. But sometimes it's an ongoing process. You pray day after day. But eventually, just like he makes his covenant known to us, he will relieve those troubles of our heart. And, and this got me uh, thinking. I had a friend who recently commented during a time when a lot was going on in his life. Um, his brother had just gotten a, a bad diagnosis. Um, he, had, he had had some uh, health issues himself. He had had um, some surgery. And then all the rain hit and uh, his sump pump stopped working and his basement filled up with water. And it was a comment on Facebook, and he said, You know, I know God will not give me more than I can handle. I just wish he'd let me know on how high he set the bar for what I can handle. And, and I'm sure we've all felt this way at some time. And, 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 you know, it's just something we've got to trust that God has a process and that God has a plan for us. So we're going to finish up our journey through Psalm 25 with uh, verses 20 through 22. It says, Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. My integrity and uprighteousness protect me, because my hope is in you. Redeem Israel, O God, from all its troubles. And David asks for so much in this psalm. It's a fervent prayer to God for many things. And I'm sure we've all been there. And I mentioned earlier that Amanda and I went and saw I Can Only Imagine last week. And I followed up by buying this book. It's, this book was released in conjunction with the movie. Um, it's kind of uh, Bart Millard, the lead singer of Mercy Me, the one who wrote the song. It's kind of his memoir. Um, and it, it's a very good book, just like the movie. But I want to give you some background. I am not a reader. Okay? I, I would much rather watch something on TV, watch a movie, than read. The, the thought of picking up a book and sitting down and just reading words off a page are not enjoyable to me. Uh, probably since Amanda and I got married, I've, I've, I can 
say here in church that it's been less than one book per year of marriage that I've read, and it's probably less than like half or quarter of a book. You know, this might have only been the second book I've read since we've been married. Um, so I am, I'm not a reader, so it was quite a surprise to me when I got this book uh, Tuesday night. UPS man brought it. I picked it up, and before I went to bed on Tuesday, I'd read 60 pages, uh, which is a, a big accomplishment for me. Uh, and then by Friday, by the time I ate supper, uh, the book, I had read it all the way through. Um, so that tells you how powerful um, the movie and the book are. It, it's just something that you just want to keep learning more about. Now, I came across a passage in this book, and while I was writing this sermon, it, it really resonated with me. So I'm going to read uh, a short passage uh, from this book here. And again, this is a uh, memoir. This is Bart Millard uh, talking about his life. It says, For me, music has always been a pleasure, a protector, and my passion. The words my favorite artist sang gave me strength and courage and inspiration and motivation to keep going to keep living, and to believe something better was around the corner. Music gave me hope when I felt hopeless, love when I felt unloved, a reason to embrace life when I was dying inside. If a song moved me, then I felt I was alive for a reason. Later I came to know the truth of knowing these blessings were all gifts from the Lord. Music was simply the conduit for those blessings to reach my heart. And that last line is what really spoke to me. It says, music was simply a conduit those blessings to reach my heart. You know, I, I'm not really a musical person. I'm not going to get up here and sing for you. I would never do that. Um, music would not be a conduit for the Lord to your heart if it was coming from my mouth. Okay, that, that would not happen. Um, but, you know, I've always enjoyed uh, listening to music. And, and that last line, again, music was simply the conduit for those words to, or for those uh, to reach my heart. Music was the conduit. Music put the Lord in Bart Millard's heart. And, and music has always been something that I enjoy. And I think it goes back to long days in the tractor and having nothing else. Especially, you know, when I was younger, we didn't have our smartphones where we could sit and let the tractor drive itself and, and look at the phone. Um, it, you basically just had music. And uh, since, I was, uh, since I've been younger, I, I've always listened to contemporary Christian music, among other genres. And it's kind of a way to uh, get your daily devotion in uh, to God. And it's kind of a little prayer um, and some worship at the same time. Because, again, I don't like to read. So reading a daily devotion, it's much easier to listen to music that's got that worship in it than to read it. Um, and, you know, I did a little research um, about myself. And I went back and looked at all the sermons that I've written and I've given. And just about every sermon mentioned some song that was speaking to me at the time um, or that meant something to me. I mean, after all, I already referenced the chorus of one song today, and I'm still not done. And, and we talked a lot today about trusting God and praying. But what are some of the things that we pray for? Forgiveness, healing, saving, prosperity. These are, these are all things that we pray for at some point in our lives. Now, not too long ago, I heard a song for the first time, and we're going to listen to it here in just a minute, but I want to read part of the chorus uh, to you beforehand so that you know what's coming with this song. And the song states, help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior 
more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. In essence, so many times we pray for something, we pray for something tangible that we can feel or that we can see. But what we need to be doing is praying for someone, and that someone is Jesus. Yes, God, we want the healing, we want the saving, but above all, we want the person who provides that. We want Jesus right here in our hearts. So before we close today, I want to share this song with you. So we're going to play it. It's just a short video here, and this song is called More Than Anything by Natalie Grant. Father God, please be with us and help us to know what your plan is. Help us to trust you more, to love you more each day. 
forgive us of our sins for, you know, we, we didn't know what we were doing when we were younger, and we just pray that you would be with us, Lord, and, and we pray that we can trust you more and know what your plan is for us, Lord. In your son Jesus' name, amen.